you know, I've been doing this podcast for a little while now. We're coming up on, hmm, it was like around 10 months or so. And during that time, you know, I've had a lot of conversations. And this episode uh, is episode 98. So we're getting close to that 100 mark. And, and having lots of conversations, I've had a lot of different chemistry with different people. I've enjoyed all of my podcasts from the bottom of my heart, for sure. Each one has been really cool. But some just have different chemistry. Um, we get in sync very quickly. And I can tell you that Lindsay Weisner, this is her second time on the show. And we have great chemistry. I think you could hear it during the podcast. We jump around quite a bit, but I really love Lindsay's attitude. She shoots straight from the hip. And I'm happy to help promote her book, uh, 10 Steps to Finding Happiness, in a science-based backed um, uh, book about that. And just go all over the world with her in conversation and jump back and forth. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So enjoy the conversation with Lindsay Weiser. Okay, well, listen... Interesting enough, Lindsay, um, I remember about a month ago, oh God. You, 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 you contacted me on, on Skype because we were like, you were thinking we were talking then and you said, oh, I see you on the 17th and we're on the 17th and it's a very different time. Oh, motherfucker. I mean, and you know, huh, you're right. I made a mistake. I had, I, I, <laughs> I've been going a little crazy trying to promote my book, the book launch mm-hmm. Well, the book is being released on March 20th, and then the um, big book release party, which let me just tell you, um, we've got a major air and space museum to donate their sp- their well space. It sounds wrong, but uh, and then yeah. I got someone to donate food, someone to go and donate drinks, because not only was I promoting the release of this book, um, 10 Steps to Finding Happy, which is, it's called a permanent guide to finding happiness. Really what it is, is a scientifically proven guide to finding happy. Mm-hmm. But um, so I also wanted to talk about preventing teen st- suicide and destigmatizing it. And I have like personal and professional connections to this. And so, man, we had the best book launch band for tomorrow night. Howard Stern sent in an autograph. Kristen Chenoweth. um, uh, Conor McGregor was supposed to donate some autographed gloves. Like, this was amazing. And now the world is ending. But not really. But you know what I mean? My world ended for for a short period of time. Yeah. It's amazing what a month... I just, I don't know, it just hit me. I, I, when I pulled that up and I was like, yeah, it was like, things were so different on, yeah. on April 17th than they are now on March 17th. Well, yeah. uh, you mean the other way around February 17th, February right? 17th. Right, yes, right. It's there okay. we go. Don't worry. It's okay. I, I wish it was April 17th. <laughs> I don't because I think we're still going to be in the same place. Um, and I don't think I actually did a little Facebook live last night. Um, talking about how to talk to your kids about the coronavirus. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you, the more I delved into the research of it, guess what? Things weren't all that different February 17th. We just weren't as aware. Right. So, um, you know, China was actually drowning in it. And um, 
although we think it's interesting. So just a little stat, because I'm a big dork. We think that China, you know, has uh, has so many more cases and so many more this and so many more that. But a statistic that I found was, and I think you're kind of, you're probably kind of into stats, but probably not as dorky as I am. I'm thinking about your background, you know, but like. Yeah, I like stats. Right. But so here's the thing. An interesting way to look at any disease is how long it takes for the disease to go exponential, which literally just means to double, you know, so 10 exponential is 100. And don't make me do any other numbers because I could not. <laughs> but um, so I saw that it took China 35 days to go exponential. And it took the U.S. five. So um, I don't like I think that really we weren't in that different of an area. We were just there's also a huge difference between um, confirmed diagnoses and um, suspected diagnoses. Mm -hmm. I am honestly blanking on the word, but basically like someone shows up with all the symptoms and we're like, you've got it versus, oh, no, you actually have it. So. Um, we are in a different world and we also are not, but, um, can I share some good news that I just got recently? You share some good news. <laughs> um, I wrote to psychology today asking them if they would cover my like book launch, book event, et cetera. And, um, I was actually an, an intern there the summer before my senior year of college. So that was the summer of 98. And the editor was like, well, we don't actually do that, but do you want a blog? So somehow right. I have a blog at Psychology Today, and it's called um, The Venn Diagram Life. And I'm, I'm, it's like my childhood dream come true, so it's pretty cool. The Venn Diagram Life. Wow. I like that name. Right? I'm so excited hmm. about it. And um and it's fun and it's cool. And if like 5 million people read your blog, I think you make like 30 cents. So it's a lot like Anchor. I'm used to it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that too. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm like, oh my God, I made 31 cents, you know. Um, yeah. But yes, but that has been my happy. But there's a lot of fear and a lot of sad and... um Which is a shame because we were really wanted to promote my book. But, you know, the truth is... Um, there's a lot of sad, scared, worried people out there. What have you seen, like in your area? What's the the feeling that you're getting? Um, so we are very. I'll tell you the funniest thing I heard because we need a little happy. Um, and it's a friend of mine. It's like a couple that we're friends with, and the husband wrote today on Facebook. Can we just go back to using plastic bags? Because there's like a lot happening at once here. Because I don't know where you are, but in New York, as of March 1st, all stores stopped carrying plastic bags. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty typical in Washington state. It's very hippie state. Oh, that's state, true. But, I, yeah, I didn't so. think of that. But so You get it, like fined, basically, if you don't Yeah. <laughs> it was just such a funny thing for him to say. And I really appreciated it so much because like the other day I walked into the um, Dwayne Reed and I had a shopping bag in my car. So I just like grabbed it with me and I was like grabbing like toilet paper and not frantic. I'm from Florida. We have these things called hurricanes and we're all yeah. used to doing excessive preparation and then nothing happens. So I had this bag and I am in the store constantly. They have seen me through like two babies. Like the big joke with my friends is if you can't find me, I'm probably in Dwayne Reed, you know? So this yeah. woman comes up to me as I'm like shoving stuff in my Dwayne Reed bag. And she goes, Oh, you can't do that. You have to get out. I was like, listen, don't mess with me. 
Like, no disrespect. I know. Did you say that really? I did. I was like, it's not happening. Actually, I didn't say don't mess with me. I said, I said, it's not happening. We know each other. You know, we're not, I'm not going to steal. She goes, I know it just looks bad. I was like, I don't have the time or the patience for this. And neither does anyone else. Like, And that was pretty much as close as I got to going like a little crazy. But it was also like come on lady like we it's not like this is my first time in the store and i guarantee you i've actually never true confession i've never shoplifted but i'm pretty sure i would be better than just some a-hole shoving like stuff into the bag Uh, you would really have the skills for it if you really tried i don't know i I guess i I don't know if i would have these skills but i do better than simply and like she was right in front of me like it wasn't you know um but yeah i've never shoplifted which is like me neither i don't know i know people who who have done it but uh, no, I've I never just, done it. You know, I didn't see the appeal of it. There wasn't anything that I ever wanted that much. And I also, um, I think that there was a lot of like guilt and blame and shame placed upon me anyways. And so like there was no yeah. way I was going to actually add uh, like street cred to that rep I had. For being, <laughs> street like, cred. I mean, like I was a good girl and yet I was constantly being like, you know, Oh, Lindsay doesn't try hard enough. Lindsay doesn't, you know, not working up to her potential. So, um, you know, and as I think we discussed that it turns out that was mostly my ADHD, but, uh, you know, but like, I just, there was nothing appealing to me about it. Although I do know this couple in graduate school and years, like we all went to graduate school later and years later, the woman, they were over our house and the woman was talking about how it was like, almost like foreplay. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! For yeah, yeah, like for like the two of them to steal. To steal was foreplay. Yeah, and I just don't get it. I'm I don't like, get that. Uh, I don't know. Also, my I don't think I could like the delay between store to home to me is like a long time to hold out. Too much so. time, yeah. right? Like at some point, I feel I think like it's you're way like, too much time. At some point, I'd be like, "Can we stop at Taco Bell? Like this, this is lost, <laughs> this, you know." <laughs> Who's gonna crunch wrap? I know, up. like, come on, Mexican pizza. I'm not, this was cool for a minute, but um, but yeah, I guess it's like a, it's probably a sexual um, whatever it's called. I've lost my brain. Wow, so that's just a weird uh, kind of crazy fetish that they want to fetish. Like. Thank you. And yeah. I was just like, oh, or or um, kink or whatever. I was just like, yeah, some kink, some you know. Yeah. It was also weird because like this was. They had come to meet my second child. And so like my daughter's nine. So it was, you know, like we had graduated a long time ago for this to be coming up now. And I was not sure where this came from, but you know, like, yeah, she was just like, remember when we used to like, and I was, I I just sort of looked at my husband and went, what the fuck is going on in this room? (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't get in a fight with anybody is what you're saying. Mm. No, but we I did. Close, though. I went over to the manager, one of the two managers who like knows me and loves me. I was like, "Listen, I was rude to her, and I'm sorry." And he's like, "What?" And he just started laughing. He's like, "Lindsay, how are you?" I was like, "I was. It was my fault. I- I'm sorry." And then I just left. And I've done that before <laughs> because there are times when I know that you let your own feelings, like, you know, um, get in the way of being kind to others, and so yeah. I am a proponent of um, of not doing that or of apologizing when you make a mistake. So, yeah, that was my thing. I was just like, I was rude to her. I'm sorry. I'm not shoplifting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is, a, this is what I like talking about you, talking right? to you about. Because last time <laughs> we went literally, I think our last part of our conversation last time was about superheroes. And we got all 
hot and, and heavy about superheroes and stuff. And then like now we're talking about you not shoplifting. I mean, right. I don't think we were hot and heavy in like the turn on shoplifting way. Though. Well, I wouldn't say that. But, I know. You know. We were getting into it. You know, it was well, uh, we like it was, superheroes. It's a thing. Well, why not? Come on, man. You know. It's fun. Uh, I agree. It's fun. It's the best. Um, And I will say these days, podcasting is even more my self-care. Tell me more about that. Well, um, I I have a nine-year-old girl, as you remember, an 11-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. And today, they were actually playing some sort of computer game. But like they were playing with kids where I went to high school with the parents. And so it was really cute. And it is really cute the way the whole relationship came about. Actually, um, in high school, I dated a guy from senior year of high school to senior year of college, long distance. And um, his best friend, who is the father of these kids, um, also went to the same college. And I met the the woman, the wife, um, once or twice, liked each other, but then finally broke up with um, my then, you know, four-year long-distance boyfriend. And two years ago, we were at another mutual friend's bat, bat mitzvah, and I asked, I was like, how did you guys meet? Like, I know through Penn, where they went to school, but I just don't remember how. And the wife turns to me, she goes, well, this girl that um, Jordan was dating introduced us. I was like, oh, Jordan, my um, four-year boyfriend? Okay. Okay, right. that's cool. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. But so now our kids are, um, you know, this other couple, their kids and my kids are friends. We just spent New Year's with them. We see them for like major family events. And so Although I wanted them to not be on screen time, so I didn't qualify as worst mom of the year, I also didn't want to entertain them myself. And so <laughs> I, love I, it. I literally must have told them 42 times that they had five more minutes. <laughs> like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was basically texting their mom and being like, can you take a turn? Like, just do it. Be the mean person. She's like, I don't yeah. want to deal with them. So, um. So yeah, the coronavirus is doing well in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, where, where was that going? You asked how I was doing with my coronavirus. and I told No, you. I asked how your podcast, what's with your podcast and self-help? <laughs> you did? I don't think you did. I, I'm on guarantee that's what I asked. Really? Rewind the tape. I'm just you kidding. Said, I, you said, I'm not joking here. You said... My podcast has been like self-help and I'm like, tell me more about it. Oh, <laughs> no. I said podcasting with people have been like self-help. Oh, okay, so yeah. for example, this is my self-help and oh, anything okay. that gives me a okay. chance to focus on myself, except when the host makes fun of me for no reason. Well, yeah. that's Why can't I? I mean, I don't understand. What's the problem? You totally can. Um, but my point I think is- that's what we do. Come on. I know uh, that's our relationship and that's why it's a good one. And this has also been my social interaction with others outside of like Netflix, my treadmill and um, yeah. my liquor cabinet, I'll admit it. So what are you watching on Netflix? Um, so I just finished The Lost Girls, which is the story about all the mm. um, murdered um, prostitutes in Long Island. And that was interesting. And then I started a movie and I can't remember what it's called, but it stars Sigourney Weaver. And she is an evil doctor who makes a bad male hitman into a smoking hot 
um, woman. It's the girl from The Fast and the Furious, the oh, sister. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, no. I, and I saw this. It was on my previews on Netflix. I was like, oh, what is this? Well, if you'd good? like to see full, I've only gotten 20 minutes into it. But is I did it full the, nudity? Full, it was full nudity, so it's already worth it, to be perfectly honest. Like, she's I agree with that, hot. Yeah. Yeah, no question Anything there. with full nudity, I'm pretty much into for the most part. And I mean, it depends, you know, and like, but to me, I'm like, part. wow, she's hot. It's worth it. Um, you know, uh, I keep, I treadmill to my Netflix and I get to see a hot woman and it's fine. It was, it was good, but it also <laughs> looks, it's fine. It looks interesting. And we have no sports anymore. We have no. Um, no, we don't have any sports. Of course, this happens right as like after sweeps week when everything's taking a break. You know? <laughs> sweeps <laughs> week. Like we're done. What There's is this, 1985? I, I think so. I still think we do it something like that though, don't we? Because we all take like a March break and then come yeah. back. Um, right. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's really tough. I think we all have to make an effort to, I mean, we're supposed to go outside, but I don't want to go outside, but, um, well, so right. It's, it's like, it's New York. And so it's like 60 degrees one day and then it's like 20 the next. Although, uh, humorously, the only thing I will watch on TV is I will watch and really enjoy when the weatherman comes on because that fucker has the most useless job right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, and he he looks like terrified, and he also knows really? it's fifteen minutes of fame because he's like, so today is high because like he, you're outside, you're you know you could get this disease, and and also everyone's watching you, and yet no one really cares. We're really just watching you waiting for the coronavirus update. So, wow. um, I love the weatherman. Whereas in Florida. The weathermen are the highlight because, you know, hurricanes, we got to know what's going on with them. So, mm. um, yeah. See. So, see, then we went to the weatherman. We did. <laughs> what's, the, what's the state of New York? I mean, New York kind of clamped down pretty hard at this point, right? We are. Um, Sunday, I went into work. And right before I went in, my husband and I had a conversation of, our children's schools had not shut down yet. And the only plan that had been put forth by the schools was, we're going to close it for two or three days so we can clean it. And because I have a brain, I was like, this is the dumbest plan ever. Like, <laughs> It's not a good plan. It's not a good plan because like things get dirty again. And also to the best of my knowledge, like there's no permanent cleaner, you know? So, um, and I, I just thought, mm, what are we going to do? And I used to be the more like anxious, neurotic. I probably still am when it comes to the kids, but my husband, you know, graciously agreed to follow my lead. And the the idea being um, we have two smart children and as it is, people, you know, they're not going to get any real teaching or learning done because half the people had already pulled their kids out. So we mm -hmm. decided that I would regret it more should something happen to them, you know, and we sent them rather than should we keep them home and they missed two days of school. And then by the time I, I went to work and by the time my second patient came in, she was like, guess what? We're out for two weeks. And um, so that wasn't an issue. I also think we're not going back after two weeks, though. Two uh, weeks is ridiculous, actually. Yep. I mean, we were out for six weeks. Our governor was like, six weeks. We're just going to really? make it six. Okay. Boom, knock it out. Let's just, because it's two weeks is not realistic. No, two weeks is what you tell people so that they don't lose their shit. But we also all know that that's not how it's going to work. Um, 
two weeks is not realistic. At least in the city, they went for, um, I, I guess, four and a half. The city says that they'll start up again on April 20th. But mm-hmm. uh, in, in I was just talking to a friend in Florida, and I think she said six weeks, if I'm not mistaken. In Florida? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which, according to my parents, there's nothing going on there. So they're a little bit delusional. So whatever. <laughs> they're delusional? <laughs> yeah, they keep telling me. They're like, yeah, no, what do they mean? fine. Like, they don't. I don't know if it's because, I mean, they're almost 70 years old. They should be the ones taking it, you know, like. They should take that serious, man. Yeah, they don't. And so when my childhood best friend texted me and was like, how are you holding up? How are things going? I said, fine. I hear, I said, fine. But like, I hear you guys are in total, like, I hear Florida's totally different. She's like, um, schools are closed for six weeks. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, guess my parents are not you know, following logic as it is. So <laughs> you're like, they're like, no problem. Nothing's happening. <laughs> like, yeah. And my dad's a doctor. I should mention that. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, because doctors know, are it's... supposed to be smarter. That's why I'm saying it. Right. Right. Of course. Yes. Well, he, I, I mean, he's, he's a medical doctor. Like what? He should be, yes. That's what I'm saying. He should be able to understand this. Mm. Um, and yet they wanted to come visit us because they were initially going to come to be here for my launch party. And yeah. I gave them a hard, firm no 8,000 times. Um, right, right. You know. Uh, it sucks, man. You had all this stuff planned, and then it's like, ugh. I know. I want to talk about your book, though, but I'd like to like, kind of like ease into it here with you because you have a lot of you know things going all over the place that I like. I love to hear about. <laughs> um, I like when you just bounce around. It's pretty pretty enjoyable for me. I don't isn't know about the listeners. Isn't it shocking? But, but isn't it like shocking it. it took me that long to get diagnosed with ADHD? Like, think about uh, it. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty uh, interesting. I don't know. I, I like when people kind of like are like this. I don't know. For some reason, I kind of like that. I well, I'll take it. Thank you. We ever talk to people like they have a hard time bouncing around in conversations in a sense that like, if you get off topic, it throws them off completely. You know what I, I mean? I hate when I'm podcasting with someone and they're like, but let's get back to the topic. I'm like, no, no, let's not. Like, I guarantee you my thoughts in my head are more interesting than your outline <laughs> and vice versa. But like, not just me, but like vice versa too, you know, yeah. because um, when we plan, you know, whenever I'm doing like Facebook lives or whatever, I kind of plan out, but I plan out like eight points. And then I go from there, you know? So, um, yes. So I agree. I enjoy our easy flow of conversation. It's gotta be easy, you know, like, you know, obviously it's not like we're going to come on here and we're just going to completely ignore the status of the world and be like, let's just talk about your book, Lindsay. You know, no. Like, like, no, it's the reality and a reality for a little while. And, um, it's, it's good to, I like to know what's going on in other parts of the country. I was just on a call today with a contact from Germany, but, and their situation it was interesting to me, you know. How are they doing? Because I'm I don't remember the stats. They're on complete lockdown. Um, but what does complete like, lockdown mean? Basically, for them, it's like everything is closed. A lot like Italy. Yeah. Very similar to that situation. So very clamped down on a universal level. Not like in the U.S., where some people are like, whatever, you know, here and there. Like it's like full country lockdown. That they have borders closed completely on all sides, the whole deal. Um, well, we, I mean, I think it depends, but I mean, right now, you know, we're not supposed to leave our homes, but there's no one enforcing that. And obviously, you can no. 
Right. You can go pick up food. You just can't eat in the restaurant. That's yeah. where we are. So yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's, that's but that's pretty much like the uh, irony of, of, you know, uh, the American Trump era where, you know, um, there's like a, a, a schism of reality where we, we sprinkle in a little dose of reality and a re- little dose of nonsensical fantasy. And then we make our rules according <laughs> to that. It's like you can't you can go you should stay home but you can go out and pick up food and the delivery men can also bring you food like how does that make sense that is a very interesting way of putting that that you just said which part i'm just the, the trump thing i i had to really like marinate on that yeah the way you said that it's it's kind of like somebody i was reading on uh i forgot where it was geez what they were saying like trump's like a cigarette like there's some good things in there, but the delivery is just horrible. <laughs> just like, yeah, just bad, just bad for you all over, you know. Like, I did love cigarettes when I was younger, so I really? get it. I just, yeah, sure. I mean, doesn't every like everyone for a little period? Of I time? never had one before. I don't. Oh, I don't you're not missing out. You're really not. I missing mean, out. I've smoked a lot of weed and stuff, but I've definitely not. Well, then know. it's not even comparable. Um, it's okay. not even comparable. The weed is much better, but like, agreed. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just don't understand where. With, you know, my favorite, like the thing that had me hysterical laughing with Trump was when he said that he had been checked for the coronavirus and tested and it was negative. Negative, yeah. And then the answer was someone took his temperature because I happened to have a a 20, 19 or 20 year old nephew who was supposed to spend his, uh, the semester abroad in Venice and Mm -hmm. had to come back and they took his temperature at you know at security coming into the border and then explained thoroughly that he had to stay home for 2 weeks to make sure he didn't have any symptoms and this asshole he's actually a great kid but like he's been running around because like his parents didn't say not to you know yeah. like whatever he's been running around and doing all sorts of like normal 19 20 year old stuff but then i saw his mom posted a picture on facebook of her going into the city wearing a mask and i was like You've totally missed the point of this. You know, like, Completely. Like, don't let your son out. Like, that's more likely than the mask. I, I don't know. I just think yeah. we're all oh, so weird. We're, it's all so weird. And um, there is no easy answer. And I think my what I've been saying to my kids for a while is if mommy's not panicking, you don't panic. Um, yeah. L- largely because once I do panic, it's a shit show. So <laughs> what in what way? Like I, I used to, and I still struggle with anxiety. I hate flying. And yet we've hid this fact from my kids for some time because I will, because I know that I'm modeling behavior and I don't want them to develop a fear of flying also. Right. Uh, how do you do that when you like get on a plane? Like if you hate it, like how do you, you just try to stay calm so they don't see you like. Yeah. For a while, they, my husband is like more fun than I am. And so for a while, um, it was easy because we would get like three seats and then one seat, you know? And so my mm-hmm. husband sat between the two of them. I would be like the one over and they wouldn't notice. And then they realized that I actually don't care if they watch PG 13 movies. So then they all, <laughs> then they all wanted to sit with me cause I became a fun mom. And so, um, at that point, uh, you know, when my husband reached over to like, um, hold my hand, you know, it's like squeeze my hand reassuringly. My son picked up on it and told my daughter. And so now they both know that I'm afraid of flying. So. Oh, they figured it out. Yeah, they did. But you still got to fake it sometimes. Is there a big like 
thing against PG-13 movies for kids like our age? I don't know. Is that a thing? Um. So my husband is... <laughs> Okay, so he's a psychologist, and before that, he was a lawyer. So he has this thing he does where he makes up his own rules and then defends them. So- <laughs> Wait a minute, he makes up his own rules? <laughs> yeah, he makes up his own rules. They're not 13. They can't see PG-13 movies. But you know what they have seen? Every Star Wars movie. Right. Even the one where the like modern version where we literally see like the hand get chopped off and like dying, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's like the worst thing I've ever seen. And so, um, you know, but no, he makes up his own rules. And so they, they get to, um, and so they like, they like there's movies that they can't watch. Like Will Ferrell movies are probably like out, but, um, but anything with Star Wars or superheroes is in no matter how bad it gets. And (laughs) does it matter? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but I will tell you a secret. (laughs) Okay, not so much of secret anymore, but yeah. <laughs> Why? How many listeners do you have? A thousand? I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. lots of listeners, man. Thousands yeah. of people. Are How listening. many of them know my husband? So. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's going to be out there. That's all. I'm okay with it. So a few I mean, years I don't care. Ago, I'm just saying it's going to be out there. It's really not that exciting of a secret. But so a few years ago, there was my um, uh, there was a family friend that passed away and I wanted to go to Florida to go to the funeral because I am also, and it was, it wasn't even a funeral. It was like a, um, what do they call it? Like a, oh, a celebration of life. Right. Because we can't use real words. We have to make up other words that make us feel more comfortable. Fine. So there was a celebration of life and, um, this is a wonderful man and I know his children and my children, know his grandchildren and so it was when my grandmother died um this man's son came in to be there for me so it was really important that I you know go in to be there when his father died so um we decided that my son would go with me and it was more of a logistical thing um because my daughter had I guess like her last rehearsal before a play and I could find someone to cover her, but not my son. And so my husband was not thrilled that this was going on because he just doesn't like the idea of us separating as a family. Whereas I feel like it's not that big of a deal. It's not, you know, an, an all of the time thing. And the kid had just turned 10. So I was like, congratulations, you could be mommy's date. So I don't have to deal with my parents by myself. (laughs) Um, And so (laughs) we stayed at my friend's house and then we, took an Uber over. It's like a 30 minute drive to see my parents. And when five minutes away, my father says, you know, we're really not ready to see you. Like, can you, can, you know, can you kill some time? And I was like, is he fucking kidding me? But so yeah, there's a movie theater across the street from my parents' house and a little shopping center. And we went and we wandered around and uh, there was, there were two movies starting around the same time and one he had literally just seen. And the other, I was like, Oh, I think you're going to like this because I remembered when I was young, um, Mel Gibson starred in the male version of this movie. The movie was called what women want. And this was, I love that movie by the way, with Mel Gibson. Right. (laughs) Have you, have you seen what women want? No, it's uh, Taraj P or whatever. She's Taraj she's P. Henson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I haven't seen it. Oh, is it good? Okay. Um, 
it depends upon your audience. I thought it was PG-13, so I was like, well, fuck that. We can watch it. It was definitely R. My son definitely learned more about sex than he did ever before. (laughs) And he has sworn up and down to never ever tell his father like i also let him take taste coke for the first time on that trip the uh-huh. drink not the drug um i like how st- you made that distinction yeah, <laughs> you know, he's already tasted the drug obviously <laughs> but like i i could like we were sitting in the theater and i was frozen because i was like what do i do like it's not like i have a car that i can just leave it's already been a bit of a trauma like showing up at grandma and grandpa's house and having them say sorry we don't want you you know like what how do I possibly handle this? And so I just turned to him. I said, if you ever tell your father, I will kill you. And so yeah. oh, we watched the movie and it was incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and it was incredibly inappropriate. Incredibly. Like if you watch it, you won't be that impressed. But if you watch it thinking about the fact that you're seeing it through the eyes of a 10-year-old, you will be impressed with my sinning ability. Your sinning ability. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's probably a lot of that going on with parents on some level, you know, it's at some level, it may not be a movie, maybe something else, you know? Yeah. There are no perfect parents. It's a really tough job, but, um, um, I am the first to admit that I mess up all the time and I apologize. And I think because we talk pretty openly about our feelings, both good and bad, they, understand my kids are very sensitive to when I am feeling sad um in in a good way not in like I'm a manic depressive way but more in like if we're watching a movie and I get sad um my daughter will turn to me and go I know you're sad and it's not because she feels (laughs) sad it's just that she's smart enough to recognize when one would feel sad in a movie versus when my robot daughter actually does feel sad in a movie. She's a robot. So um, my son has a heart of gold. My daughter is smart enough to have picked up on what she should say and do at various uh, times. So um, it is an adventurous ride. Remind me, you don't have kids? I do. I have an eight-year-old daughter. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm very... uh... I'm very tuned into the whole kid thing. And obviously a lot of people are pretty tuned into their kids at this point, probably well, maybe not tuned into their kids, but they have to be around their kids more than likely now um, for a longer period of time. At this exact moment. Yes. You know, like people are in some, and I think there's, there's a lot of outcomes that are going to happen. I think as uh, from this one, people are going to get more time with their families, which Sounds good, but for some people, it's going to be very difficult um, mm. and could lead to a lot of divorces. Mm. Definitely could lead to a lot more babies. I, uh, I was going to go with murder-suicide as the most mur- likely No, that was my third and fourth one. Okay. That was okay, my good. third and fourth one, murder-suicide. Murder-slash-suicide was my first one. but um, okay, no, Really? That was your first one? Yeah, because um, so far, my husband works at a, a psych hospital, and so he is still going in. And then um, a lot of the women I know, their husbands are still working. I think it will get worse. They will be working from home. But um, I don't know. I think uh, 
I think so. Um, I don't know if we're going to have babies because this isn't like a fun snowstorm or hurricane where we drink a lot and then fuck a lot. Like this is a long haul. Like I think we're going to be with our kids so much. We're going to be like, don't forget, take your birth control. <laughs> you're thinking the opposite, huh? Yes. But I guess we'll find out nine months from now. So. I guess you're going to find out what, December or something? Like, I can't math. Uh, I'm sorry. Whatever you say. I'll I don't say know. I think it's sunlight. I can't math. Okay. Yeah. You um, also thought that April came after, came before March. Okay. So. Listen, listen. That was a, that was a mistake. Oh, I admit that. I was just saying, I wanted it to be April because my birthday's in April. It's close Aww. to that time. April 22nd, people. <gasps> Earth Day. My birthday. Thank I you. thought Earth Day was the twentieth because I thought no. I remembered that from four twenty. That's the that's the weed day, man. Yeah, Come but on, I thought that's... it was the same thing. Oh, one year no, it was the same no. thing. Okay, fine. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Fine, no, fine. We'll we'll find out this big experiment. We'll find we'll find out in December. We'll see. It goes. Right. I'm interesting I'm that the murder suicide was your number one though. Yeah, know. I'm feeling kind of feisty today. Uh, remember, I was supposed to have this big moment tomorrow. And yeah. and it wasn't even me having this big moment, honestly. It was the idea of I wanted these teenagers who have lost friends and who have felt suicidal and who have been through all these things to walk into this room and see all this celebrity support. Um, right. I wanted that more than I wanted to sell books. like Because honestly... I don't think, I mean, I think if I break even, I'll call it a win. But like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, as we spoke about, I have a parent who I think we spoke about. I don't know if I was as open as I currently am, but it's all unraveled. But like my mother has attempted suicide uh, somewhere between eight and a billion times. And so. We did not I, talk about that last oh, time. Oh, sorry. It's very okay. interesting. No, it's, Spoiler let's get alert. it out there. Um, yeah, Spoiler alert, so, let's get it out there. You know? I kind of wanted her to walk in and see this, um, this like wall of support and this like, you know, uh, my parents were very hush hush about this and there, were, there was always some way to write it off in like bizarre ways. Like she didn't purposely drive into the liquor store. She just put the car into drive instead of reverse but i gotta mm-hmm. tell you it's a jaguar and those things beep when you get too close to a bush so right i, I don't buy that or um it was an accident i just wanted to sleep i've heard all of these so this was a personal and professional plight for me this was me wanting to wanting to and yet being horrified when i realized what i've done see how my parents would um would absorb this information because they right. don't listen to podcasts. They don't know what I talk about. Um, and then it was also too wanting a teenager to feel supported, less alone, wanting to make a difference. I actually have had two of my teenagers who are suicidal are like very talented artists and they are both going to donate um, paintings or lithographs or whatever they are to this raffle that we're having where we were going to have, but we're still doing it. We're just starting by doing it online. But basically every person who, oh, and to, if you want to be involved with this, because I should do this little promotion, um, you need to um, follow at finding happy on Facebook. It's going to happen at March 20th. It starts at 3 PM Eastern standard time. And probably is going to go till nine 30 or 10. Cause we got a lot to say and a lot of stuff to give away. Um, I don't know if you're airing this before then, but if not, maybe you could give me a little plug anyway. 
We'll do the plug for sure. I mean, uh, you're, it's going to come out pretty quickly. I'm not like some podcast hosts who make you wait months before their stuff comes out. No, that's fine. I just got like three days and then, you know, the world ends, but, um, no, no, no I know, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, the idea for the original, which will be closely linked to the idea for the virtual was that, Every person who came in got like five raffle tickets and you put it in, you know, wherever, like you want the Howard Stern autograph, you find that bag. You want this, yeah. you, you know, um, there's also gift certificates from local merchants. There's, um, um, it's mostly oh signed, you know, autographed books from some really cool authors. And so uh, the idea was if you come, you get five and if you purchase a book, you get 10. And the idea was this was supposed to be to raise awareness. And therefore I didn't want to make an option open that people can pay for extra tickets. But if you really want the Howard Stern book, you could, you know, autograph, buy two books, whatever. It's really more about this fantasy idea that I have that perhaps every person can leave with something and therefore leave a little happier. Um, and so this was my dream and i don't think keeping someone happier for a day is going to prevent suicide as has been made clear by my mother's bajillion events but i do think that when you're a teenager and your brain isn't fully formed perhaps if you can have one more day uh it can it can change things i don't i don't know maybe you know butterfly effect type thing I love the intermission space of this podcast. It's a good time to reflect, to have a mini meditation about what's been going on in the conversation with the podcast. Of course, Lindsay and I have jumped around to quite a few topics, but what I can tell you is the beginning of our conversation has centered on something all of us are going through with the coronavirus outbreak and how people are feeling. It's a good time to assess how you're living, how you're connecting, how you're existing in this world. Really think about that. Go deep and recognize that at some point this will be over. How will you live once it's done? That's the question. Right. Well, this seems like a good little transition into your book and sure. the 10 steps to finding happiness. That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you said that it's it's backed by science. Yes. One, I would love to know what that science is and maybe just take us through it a little bit. You know, I mean, hit me to the highlights, you know. Sure. So uh, two years ago, I decided to try surfing one summer because I was turning 40 and uh, kind of freaking out. And so I tried surfing. I loved it, but I also managed to herniate yet another disc from it. I did not want to go back on opioids because I have a bad, not a bad, I just was on them for many years for Mm -hmm. previous herniated discs. A friend of mine slipped me some medical marijuana, and as I was lying in bed, um, my co-author, who I had met years ago through various uh, Twitter writing groups said, Hey, I wrote this book. Do you want to take a look at it? I have never read a self-help book. I will never Mm. read a self-help book. Yeah. 
I hate vision boards, but I'm open to burning sage because it's supposed to make spirits angry, and that would be cool to see what happens. Um, <laughs> so I was a little high, uh, medically marijuana yeah. high, and I read the book, and I thought it was the most fantastic book. And the reason I thought it was so fantastic was because each of these 10 steps – I could actually back up through science, like establish research journals, you know, valid stuff. And uh, some of them are easier than others. Step number one was uh, choose to find happy. So that's easy to back up by science. It's less easy to actually commit to, but still. Um, and then I realized that this book was fine, but it I could find a way to make it science worthy. And I went, you know, all balls to the wall and asked her if she wanted a co-author because I was scared, but also high. So it was easy. And yeah. then um, she said yes. And so we began to spend the next two years arguing about everything because that's what you do when you work with someone so closely. <laughs> uh, and then from this I initial idea of these 10 steps. Uh, I recruited 24 expert writers in various fields to talk about either what makes them happy or how they have found happy in difficult times or how they define happiness. There is the example that I love to give is there is this woman. She is a dance and movement therapist. She also is uh, an actress, a can I call her a low key actress? I don't know. Like she's been sure. involved, like she's been involved in things, but she, that's not, she's on IMDB, but that's not how you would know her. But she, um, Dominique Andresi is a dance and movement therapist and she works with a palliative care children's population. Mm -hmm. So for any listeners who don't quite translate that, she works with dying children. Correct. And she finds a way to make those dying children happy or at least happier. And there's such power in these stories. You know, I also have a mindfulness and meditation expert. I have a psychologist who uses, it's, it's called dramaturgy. It's essentially using theater in your therapy. Oh. I, yeah, that's really cool. She's awesome. She's doing like a 30 minute segment on the launch on Friday. Um, all of these people are, a lot of these people are going to participate in, in this, this launch, which is why it's going from like three to 10 and speak a bit about why they do, why they do what they do or how they define happiness or how they got involved with the book. And really we're trying to spread awareness and also to sort of spread a movement of I don't think you ever gave me your address last time because you would have got it, man. Oh, you I did good. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So on March twentieth, I know you will be posting on your social media um, with the hashtag ten steps one zero steps and the stigma because we're trying to make a difference not just for people that are just like meh unhappy, but also those that are like suicidal, depressive, need some help, unhappy. Um, and, um, so it starts with choosing to find happy. And then two of my favorite steps that I think are particularly important right now are one, find your happy people, because we really do through social media have an ability to do this like we never have before. Totally true. 
Um, and I know on Instagram, I have met some awesome ladies and I support them and they support me also through podcasting, same thing. Uh, you know, and right now, like I told you, my kids are talking to my friend's kids and, you know, they're like, uh, 60, 70 minutes away. And, um, we only see them a few times a year, but this is a fun way for them to connect. Um, so I really like that one. Oh, similar. The opposite of that is get rid of what's not working for you. Yeah. Which means that fucked up relationship that just can't seem to get the timing right. Let it go. 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 And then I was so disappointed they didn't sing Let It Go in the second one. I didn't even see it, man. I, you know, you, I please no, don't, I don't, don't. I heard it's not very good. Honestly, it's not very good, and it makes me very mad. So don't. Um, and then, in fact, at one point, I went to the bathroom halfway through the movie, and there were some like teen girls like talking about it, and they were complaining about the same thing, and they were threatening to like at the end of the movie stand up and sing let it go and you know how shy i am and i was like i'll do it too but not. <laughs> you know how shy i am <laughs> um and then i think my other real favorite step that we say is find your passion find your purpose and as i you know confess my past to you part of Part of doing this, um, I never thought I would be working with suicidal teens because that's frightening and scary and a lot of responsibility. Um, but as it turns out, the one superpower you acquire from a, a suicidal parent who refuses help is the ability to deal more calmly with this sort of a situation. Right. And right. so I, I – I don't sleep a lot and not in a manicky way, just like I know that if I can wake up early in the morning and exercise, I'll have two more hours to email celebrities to ask for donations, which has stopped because even the celebrities are on, you know, like they're like, we're not in the office. There's a pandemic, but there were definitely a few <laughs> There's <more."> a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so just get a fucking signature, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, this has given me a drive and a passion and a thrill yeah. that I never knew I can have, which of course made the um, cancellation slash rescheduling so much more crushing. But I do believe that this is bringing me such happiness, at least to try, at least to save, like my goal is to save one person with that, you know, social media storm to just make one person yeah. think. Yeah. And odds are highly against me killing one person by doing this. I just feel like that's not likely. Um, but they're, they're much more in favor of me reaching one person who hasn't been reached yeah. before for whatever reason. How do you feel like, you know, why do you think people struggle finding their happy people sometimes? Because we think it should be a given. I mean, mm. uh, listen, I am in a small... I'm in a small, very homogenous town of, you know, middle to upper class, white Jews or Russians or Russian Jews or Israelis, also Jews, and then a small minority of other people. And as a result of I, I went to Georgetown and I do alumni um, admissions interviews and I have met some awesome people who are, whether they're like Muslim or Pakistani or whatnot, and they sit down and I'm like, the first question out of my mouth is, I'm like, God, what has it been like growing up in this town? You know, and we talk for real about what it is and they admit that, yeah, they've had to find other ways 
to find people who are like them, which does not mean that if you are Muslim, you have to only spend time with Muslim people. But it does yeah. mean that um, the friends they have found are through theater groups or like math Olympiads or uh, a similar, you know, like religion could be a tying factor. It doesn't have to be. But, you know, I think that I think that at least in my town, if you are a, mi- a minority, particularly religiously, you have mm-hmm. to you're going to have to make more of an effort to find um, your similar people, which isn't necessarily your happy people. Happy people. Yeah. Right. But sometimes it is because. um so my first blog post in psychology today was about the fact that not every therapist is a match with every patient. And I, I remember going to therapists, uh, like a therapist, I had just started graduate school. This was the right thing to do. And so I of course did it. And as I was telling her about my life and my life has obviously not been all happy, you know, hunky dory, she would give me that sad face Mm-hmm. And every time she gave me that sad face, it made me feel worse. Like, I don't want, I don't want sad face. You know, my people are the people that will make jokes with me because we're used to the shit by now. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like my best friend, I met on a cruise in Hawaii and um, it turned, we established that we both lived across the street from each other in New York. And then my mother came in and started yelling at me about things that I had done wrong at my wedding a full 300 what? yeah a full 363 days earlier and she sounded like a crazy pants and i turned to this like beautiful funny girl who i had just met and she turns to me and she goes we're going to be best friends i have one just like her and in fact she does yeah <laughs> you know yeah. but um my people are the ones who understand what i'm going through even if we don't agree and so I think you can find the, your people on Reddit. I think you can find them on Facebook. Although I would stay away from um, Facebook admins because those people are just cunty assholes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. The admins? I mean, what's what do you mean? Oh, like, my God. Like, I, let's just get into it. So there, there's this one podcast group, and I asked for help with a um, – for our book release, I was trying to figure out how I could get basically how I could use like a platform where all of the um, speakers could be and then we could Facebook live it. And I, I've since figured out the, the the answer, but they rejected it because this group is for podcasters. And I was like, yeah, we've had this discussion before. Like, I am a podcaster with a question. And guess who's going to know more about this than anyone else? those podcasters. And then there was another one where I posted something about, um, it was in a suicide prevention group. And I posted something about the fact that, um, it wasn't promoting my book. It wasn't promoting my event. It was more like, it was asking a question or, or like what has been helpful or something. And, Whatever it was, this woman is like, no, I'm sorry. This is for people who support, (laughs) who are depressed or who support depression. And I was like, no, I'm sorry because I'm a psychologist who works with depressed teens. And this bitch wrote back to me and wrote, 
Lindsay, or should I call you Dr. Lindsay? And I oh. I wanted to be like, yeah, bitch, you should, but I didn't because at this point she's gone crazy and I cannot ride that train. It's way too long for me. So, um, you know, but I think a lot of times, um, as I posted this morning, when I was young, people that were narcissistic tried to go to law school and now narcissists become uh, Facebook admins. So it's, it's all Man. good. You got a thing with this Facebook ad. Yes, thing. I did. Because sometimes they reject things for no fucking reason. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, if I do that on Reddit, I just got on there. To, I, I don't mean, know. I'm not, on, I'm not on Facebook at all. But uh, Reddit, I just was looking on something. Cause I thought it's an interesting podcast community on there. Interesting. Actually, kind of strange. Actually, really strange. And I just can't handle thing. one more thing of weird people. And that's really. You're done with we- it. We're all weird people. I- I- I've reached my limit. Yeah. There's only so much bandwidth you can have with with things, you know. I mean, right, right. You got to find your thing, or you find your happy people, and kind of be with those people. You know, it's podcasting is a weird thing because you're finding. I mean, at least for me, I find a lot of wonderful people, but you know, there's there's tears to life. I mean, I don't mean tears like crying, but there's kind of levels. Yeah. Um, you know, with people and how well you interact. Like I've always told people, like I enjoy all of my podcasts that I do, but it is certain chemistry I have with certain people on there that's denied undeniably way different than other people. Right. This is very aware. Like the level, like the way we just bounce back and forth and things, I would say that's very rare on my podcast for a lot nice. of people. Okay. Cause I, I think, think we do thing. well. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think it's a really positive thing. It's somebody who's, you know, just well-versed and just jumping into a variety of topics. Not always pe- people aren't always very receptive to that all the time, you know? Yeah, I've only had one like bad experience. And what happened was um, uh, this guy, he was um, he was very conservative. He was military or ex-military. Probably I can't even say it was military. It was probably just like ROTC or whatever. But he he wanted to talk about mental health as it pertained to the movie Joker and like specifically PTSD. And I thought that was a great topic. But then. When he aired the episode, apparently some of his wife's friends, and I was very skeptical. I really only ended up podcasting with him because I can't remember if it was a wife or an engagement, but let's say wife. Um, She was like 10 years older and she had kids and he did not. And he was like 20 something and going into this, knowing that, that he would take on this responsibility. And it was this that gave me the like, okay, let's do this. Like, you're not just like a redneck scumbag. And then, cause that, cause that I was like getting a vibe and we recorded and I thought it went well. And then when it aired, (laughs) he obviously got attacked. And rather than like, first of all, he kept calling me this lady. And although he was like theoretically defending me, he also was not and I got really ripped apart on his pod or on his like after pod because put it like this so before me 14 people listened to his podcast he got 92 listens when I went on and so I was just like he was such like but I let it go I was like listen thank you for defending me I meant no harm I apologize to your um uh wife because I had made a comment about people being different and would he approach me in a bar slash restaurant and my joke. And then 
he said, well, I don't know. And I made a joke. I was like, well, what if I'm cute? You know, because we didn't video. He's never seen me and whatever. And so yeah, apparently that got taken totally the wrong way. And everything else I had said became unprofessional. Um, however, I let it go. He apologized that I'd gone through this. I said, no big deal, but I'm not promoting your this episode because of this. And like, I just don't need to get attacked. And then because it would do nothing for me. I don't need that kind of, you know. Um, yeah. And then about a week later, he posted a picture, a photo that's it's actually from like Auschwitz, the Hol- you know Holocaust Auschwitz. Yeah. And it's of all these empty shoes and people, you know, that people had to take off before they went into the gas chambers. And his post was, this is what happens when people surrender their guns. Don't support Democrat something, something. What? Yeah. And I was like, okay, hold on. Wait a minute now. Yeah. And what I said is, I said to him, and I said it on the post, I was like, do you understand what this is a picture of? Like, seriously. This isn't people surrendering their guns. This is like, oh my gosh. And he held his ground. And at that point, I was like, fuck it, I'm out. And so I, um, how do you hold your ground on that? I don't know. I don't know. And I just, I think it might've been like an education issue, but I was willing to- He wasn't aware. To, he couldn't have been aware, could he? I except mean, like, that once I said it, he still insisted that the Jews had given up their weapons and I, uh, it was awful. It was really oh painful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was really painful. So that was just my sort of, nope, we're not doing this. Um, but other than that, I think I've been very lucky. I think I'm pretty easygoing and so I can- get along with a lot of people. There have been some, yeah, there's some awkward moments, but um, that was the main one where I was like, this is fucked up. Like if you can't even learn from what I podcast to learn from people and I would hope that they do the same, you know? So, um, do you have people like, they're like, they don't like that you curse a lot or like they've told you that one, I have one. And it's funny because I'm scheduled to talk to her right after we pod, um, her name is, um, Christina Wallinger Reisinger. She is mm-hmm. amazing. She, uh, she is a devout religious believer. I don't know if it's Christian or Catholic, to be honest, mm-hmm. but, um, she's very religious and she found out she was pregnant with a child with trisomy 18 and went on to give birth. And these are massive complications. And right before her daughter's uh, first birthday, she died. And Christina taught me so much about saying, we say their name. Her daughter's name was Isabella and it's important to say it. And we don't say that she lost her or that she passed. We say that she died because that's the reality and words don't change it. We had a great interview. I cried for a lot of the interview. And then at the end, I made a comment apologizing for me and my goddamn tears. And then two weeks later, she reached out to me and she said, can you talk? And she said, listen, I really enjoyed our interview, but I thought about it and I just can't promote it because my listeners cannot handle that you use the word goddamn. Yeah. And... I wasn't aware. I mean, it's goddamn wouldn't have been high on my words that I think are the worst, you know? Um, I'm actually surprisingly too classy to get into the words that I think are the worst, but it just wouldn't be goddamn. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I already dropped the C-bomb, so. Um, I know. It doesn't bother me. I mean, It doesn't I mean, bother me either. And there are very few words that do bother me. Um, but I, you know, she and I are still friends. I I wrote her an email explaining that I was sort of hurt. And she wrote me an email back, like, understanding how I felt. But also, this was just not something that she felt comfortable doing. And we've stayed in touch. Um, I helped her when she first set up her pod. I released her episode on the anniversary of her daughter's death. You know, we, um, and she texted me a few days ago and asked to talk because she wants to find another opportunity for us to work together. So no, I respectfully don't curse on her pod. And, um, and I think it's done out of respect and appreciation. Um, and I, Although I don't agree with her because I can turn the logic around. Like, you mean to tell me we did this fantastic interview and because of this one word I said at the end when I was literally in tears about your dead daughter, you can't air it. Um, and she just edited it out? I mean, it's like... It was my pod and I don't know how to edit. And also like... <laughs> yeah. And also like, I don't know if I wanted to because... I get that too. Yeah. You know, like I um this is this is about me finding my voice when it was stifled for so long, but um you know, either way, I made a friend out of it and I'm very excited to talk to her and to hear what she's come up with because if she's found a way for us to work together, I think it'll be interesting because we are so different and yet we respect each other so much. Yeah. That's interesting. I I, I definitely haven't had, I mean, I think I have one time where like a PR person just was, they wanted me to take some things out of their clients, things that the client said. Oh, you no. know, that, yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I, I did it because I, it was very early on in my podcast and I was want to be respectful and, you know, and stuff like that. I think now I probably just wouldn't. I'd be well, like, they said what they said, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, people do offer, first of all, I don't work with PR people anymore. Because I find that they fuck it up more often than not. Like the timing, the time difference, whatever. Um, and also, I, I, I just don't. Um, but every show, not every show, but a lot of like the big ones that I've gone on, they tell me if something happens and you regret it, you can edit it out. And to me, that's not, that sort of defies the purpose of podcasting, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. And they just, unless it's like something that is like, whoa, like... Even you, you then, com- you, you committed a murder or something. You know, it's like, especially okay, then. <laughs> then I'm going to keep it, but I'm going to tell the authorities about it. You know, right. I mean, like, I mean, that's my know. point. It's one of these, yeah. like, how do you, you know, um, I'm just not so sure how you do it. So it's just like a censorship thing. You know, it's like, how do you want, do you want to craft yourself to sound a certain way? so that you sound super professional or like you don't have any flaws or are you just, I think podcasting to me is similar. It's like, it just, it's a deeper version of somebody else, you know, just flaws and all, you know? Yeah. Right. And you know, it's funny with, with this book, like I have a friend from college and he reached out to me. He's like, I have this great idea. And he told me like this great idea I should do as far as like, um, I should go online and get like every night and give like five minutes of like, a step from the book which is fine except i have two nights to do this but whatever or three but um but he also added that he thinks i should use a backdrop that's not my bedroom well i don't record in my bedroom perv but also like (laughs) even if i did this so what 
like this is the real me and the real life and like i we're a grassroots movement like yes we have a publishing company it's teensy and it's my co-authors like i don't need to pretend to be more professional in fact I am fully honest that I am like this oxymoron of professional and unprofessional and, <laughs> you know, like take it or leave it. So um, I love that. Yeah. I, love that. I mean, I, I have no choice. This is who I am. And I, I can't, I could pretend to be someone else, but it would take away from my creativity. I think. Yeah. Why would you pretend to be someone else? I never get that. I don't know. I don't That's, know. Or just be yourself, whatever that is. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's, and these podcasts are a great place to just mess up and say things you're like, oops, you know, like, but not in like you're, it's not like you're trying to say something that like, oh, let me, maybe some people are to trying to say things to stir up stuff. I never do that. I just may be talking about something and I may think afterwards, mm, I probably would have said that a little differently, but oh, well. Well, the, the, like, honestly, the podcast became my place to talk about my mother's suicide because I know they're never going right. to listen. And um, it's really a pretty healthy forum for me. And so I get to have my voice. And the other thing is, at some point, they may come across the fact that I share this information. And I don't know that I feel guilty. Um, you know, we've reached a point where she's not getting help and he's not forcing her to. And so... yeah. Um, this is my chance to air my voice that I didn't get to air in, in childhood. Yeah. And like you said, especially now there's people are going to be listening to a lot of different things Yeah, at this point. They're at home. They want content to listen to or something. They want to talk to other human beings while they're cooped up. And, um, I don't know. Here's... I hope all of our ratings go up, but today's episode has not done very well so far. I'll tell you. <laughs> what are you talking about? My episode that I released today. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, you know, listen, who knows, man? You just put it out there, you know, move on. I don't know. I just, I just like talking about the people who are on my podcast. Like, these are awesome people. Like, I genuinely was excited to talk to you today. You should be. Oh, wow. We, but we already okay. know we got along. That's why it's fun. I know. But like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, again, I enjoy podcasting with everybody I podcast with, but I don't think it's rude to say that some people you just have better chemistry with. I agree. When you pod, right? It's just like, if somebody listens to my podcast and they go, oh, that one, I could listen to you talk to that person all day long. Yeah, because we have good chemistry. Right. That's why, you know, and some people, you can sense the chemistry is is a little overly professional or my thing as a host, I can tell when somebody's not trying to give me a lot, you know? Yeah, that doesn't happen with me. And more, it's like verbal vomit that you're like, can you hold back a little? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just going, but I like that. But there are people who like, you know, they give you a very short answer. It's very succinct, almost like they've been coached into giving answers like that. Uh, I don't I don't get that. That's not my thing, but. Well, I will say there are certain questions where the story flows out of me and I realize I've said it a billion times before, but um but I, but that's, but I try not to have her, which is why, uh, you know, I've had podcasts where people try to send me questions beforehand and I say, if you don't mind, thanks, but no, yeah, um, because I, yeah. I do want it to be natural. So, well, I mean, do you, I don't know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, I mean, maybe when you meet with friends, um, 
you, do you have like questions lined up ahead of time? I don't know. I mean, I, okay. So it depends if we're meeting with like a couple, my husband and I, especially if it's people that we like haven't seen in a while, or it's sort of like, if they're not close friends and we're going to like a public, like a, an event or whatever, we absolutely come up with three questions in the car for each of us to ask. Mm, interesting. But that's like for the people we're not so close with. Yeah, and it, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I've never thought of doing that. I just kind of roll with it, you know, kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. I just haven't done it. You know, I'm just, you know. Well, that was before I found my happy people. Oh, now you just don't have to do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. So you're going to join me on March 20th and post. Yeah, remind me. Make sure you remind me now. I'm sure, sure you got I an don't email have enough shit going out, on. You know? yeah. yeah. Why don't I add more stuff to your plate? Okay, Lindsay? I will remind you. I will do my best. Hopefully we will make a movement. And then, um, you know, my book will be available March 20th. Um, 10 Steps to Finding Happy and... The Neurotic Nourishment Podcast. And then my new little baby, the uh, uh, Venn Diagram Life on Psychology Today, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, I want to get that link for that too. I got I wanna I wanna read that blog because it it sounds pretty interesting to me. And um obviously this will be this will get out to all of my connections on LinkedIn and stuff and good that I will send you all of this information. Yeah. And so, um, I always appreciate, uh, your time. It's your second time on. There will definitely be another time because I enjoy our chemistry. I do too. And when I, when my life comes down, I would love to have you on mine as well. Yeah. You just let me know, you know, uh, whenever that's the right time. Sounds um, good. I think people really, um, enjoy the conversations we have. So, and even if they don't, we do. So thank you so much. Who cares? Gives a shit, man. You know what I mean? Like, we like talking. That's the point of my old podcast is like, these are just conversations I'm having with people. I'm going to have them anyway. So maybe you could check it out, you know? So thank you so much for your time, Lindsay. Oh, stop. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you. And let's talk soon. You got it. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.